The show you're about to listen to is very old and comes with a warning. When we recorded these shows over a decade ago, the world was a different place and we were little more than children. As a result of this, you might hear a few things that by today's standards we judge to be inappropriate or offensive. Please don't be offended. In the years that have passed since recording these shows, we've all grown up to be wonderful, loving, liberal, free-thinking, open-minded individuals. If the us from over a decade ago say something to upset the you of today, please understand that we're as disgusted with ourselves as you are. But isn't this what life is all about? Learning and growing? We all said and did things in our younger days that make us cringe when we think about them. We just recorded it and put it out on the internet. With all that in mind, I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and there's just one more thing. Don't email the show or try to enter competitions. We don't have that email anymore and all the competitions are over. We do have a Facebook group where you're very welcome to discuss any aspects of the podcast. Please visit simplysyndicated.com for more information. Now establishing data link. Accessing. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Make It So, episode number 29. Don't know if it was my turn or not to do that, but there you go. I believe it was. Well, then we're okay. Okay, that's good. My name is Richard Smith. And I'm Michael Dawson. This week we're discussing uh, the best first officer. Yes, uh, continuing from our uh, best captain debate. A number of episodes back now, actually. That was an older one, that. I don't know how long we've been doing it. Well, 29 weeks. Longer than Longer that. Longer than that. Must be. Nearly a, a year. No. Over 30 weeks feels like we're approaching a year. Must be. Got to look at when the first one. I'm going to... You talk. Okay, well, I'm going to be talking for a second while Richard works out the uh, the, the time span. And you're still working it out? Well, oh, right, no, okay. I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, good. We're going to go through uh, the first officers of, uh, of Star Trek and uh, examine their various flaws and weaknesses and strengths and goodnesses. And then they can have a theoretical fight at the end. Yeah. 2nd of October. 2nd of October. The first one. Right, so we're away off the year mark, yeah. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. Not Dr. Spock. Sometimes Dr. Spock. When? Sometimes. Not correctly. Yeah, sometimes. Was he a doctor? He was a doctor. A doctor of what? I don't know. Sometimes doctor, sometimes mister, sometimes captain. Well, that was only when he was a captain. Yeah. Which wasn't until the movies, was it? No. Yeah, in the movies. Not Star Trek the, Two, I think, onwards. Right. But he was a doctor as well. Did we ever see his captainship ceremony? No, he was just in charge of the Enterprise. Okay, good. And then he died. Not forever, though. Not forever, no. Which was good. No, and then he came back as the first officer. Don't well, know Kirk, how that no, one quite worked. Kirk was then captain. Kirk then. was captain, but Spock still retained his rank of captain. As did Scotty. Yeah, he did, didn't he? There were like three captains on the Enterprise at the end of Star Trek Six. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. They were better together as a team, though. That's perhaps, true. That's maybe true. Starfleet realised that. But one ship and three captains. Well, there's a lot of captains about these days. There are, there are, there are a number. But we're not talking about captains, we're talking about first officers. So Spock had his ups and his downs. I think generally he was a very good first officer. Hmm. He was the voice of seriousness. He was the Jiminy Cricket conscience mm-hmm. of Kirk. The voice of reason. The voice of logic. Logic, most importantly, yes. Most important. He was a Vulcan, very serious, 
Uh, half Vulcan. Half Vulcan, half human. Yes. Uh, so, which, if you might remember the episode of The Office, uh, where they have a quiz. I don't know if it was a Christmas one. No, it's an it wasn't episode the where they have yeah, a quiz and yeah. uh, they fall out over the answer what species is Mr. Spock? Mm. One team puts Vulcan and the other person's put half Vulcan, half human. Yeah. And they had to go home and look it up. But it was half Vulcan, half human. That's yeah. what it was. Uh, famously had his losing control of his emotion episodes, mm-hmm. which were pretty samey, mm-hmm. but good. Yeah. Once you'd seen the first one, but I think that was that it was a very early episode, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I can't remember. Um, she could be running the same problem with the original series. It really comes down to the films for me. That, well, that's when a lot of the characters came into their own, I think. Mm. Um, the relationship that he had with Kirk is perhaps one of the closest uh, Captain First Officer's sort of relationship. Yeah, possibly. It's certainly one of the most exclusive relationships. It's like, like we said before, those three, McCoy, Spock, and, and Kirk, have a very sort of exclusive relationship and the way that they bounce off each other is, is brilliant. I suppose Kirk is the in-between, like McCoy being the epitome of emotional responses, Kirk being somewhere in the middle and Spock being the, uh, the boy of logic. So, I always like to think that when they were off duty, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy wore matching leather jackets. Yeah, um, and click their fingers in time while yeah. walking down the street. Sort of hung around on corners in the corridors, mm. chewing toothpicks. Maybe, maybe. That's what they did. Well, let's look at Spock's achievements. So he, he sacrificed himself for the ship. Right, That's yeah. a good one. Not That's, many people have done that. Not many people have done that, but he is one who has who has done that. And is, did it uh, well. And did it very well. Now, that's something we'll come back to later. Um well, unlike unlike other first officers, he didn't do it quite as well. On, in contrast to that, mm. there was the episode where he and Kirk had to fight to the death. Yes, where he did spend a great deal of time trying to stab the captain of his ship, which may cancel out the sacrificing himself for the ship. Mm, but he didn't go through with it though. So, oh, he tried. He yeah. thought he'd killed him, and it was just because Spock gave him that thing that made him appear dead. Ah, that he stopped trying to kill him. I see. And he, he was happy when he saw him, though, because he, he hugged him. Jim! Jim. Jim. Kirk Spark, Jim. Well, he obviously demands a lot of respect because, you know, all of his crew pretty much sacrificed everything to get him back. Kirk sacrificed his son. Well, they were his closest you know? friends, really. Yeah. Kirk didn't sacrifice, didn't sacrifice his, his son. His, son, but his as, son was killed. As a result of... Of being there. Of what was Klingon going on. Did it. Christopher Lloyd Klingon did it. Yeah, I know, I know. That's not Kirk's fault. Kirk but it was, was kind of like Kirk's, like, story-wise, it was Kirk's payoff. For, he gets Spock back, but he has to lose his son in the process. Yeah. And he never forgives them for the death of, death of his son. No. Never. Klingon bastards. Well, you wouldn't, would you? Um, it's unfair to blame an entire species. Well, yeah, I was just watching The Enemy um, earlier as well. The, uh, the one with the... Uh, uh, the Romulan and Worf, where he needs a blood transfusion course, yes. and Worf uh, won't give him one. Like, well, you'd think this way if you'd seen them slaughter my your parents. This one didn't slaughter your parents, Mr. Worf. And it's like, yes, but they all did. Yes. That was quite good because you expected him to give the blood um, or like Picard to order him to give the blood, but he doesn't. No. And he dies. It's good that. Yeah, it's good. Um, 
So what other achievements does uh, Captain... He got that pancake thing stuck on his back for a little while. What was the pancake? The pancake thing. thing. Uh, it, there were these little things. They looked like pancakes and one stuck to his back and he had to kill it with the bright light. Ah. And it blinded him, but then his sight came back and everyone was happy. Right. Can't remember these at that all. That was a good one. Uh, it wasn't always Kirk's first officer, though. He was Pike's first officer as well. And he he was, was, which brings up something I'd like to just mention briefly about a recent episode of DS9. The right. Christopher Pike Medal of Honor thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Christopher Pike Medal. Yeah. The, the flashy light guy. Yeah. Why he, does why has he got a Medal he, of Honor named after him? must have done something honorable at some point. I felt it was tokenism. I didn't think it was tokenism. I thought it was quite... It was better than the James T. Kirk Medal of Honor. Oh, there would be one of those. There would be one of those, but it would probably be a different medal, like the Medal of Valor or something. I don't know the difference. Maybe it was the Medal of Valor. Maybe it was. But the Medal of Honor goes to Christopher Pike. Or Medal of Valor. You've got to remember that Christopher Pike um, and Rachel Garrett and... Uh, Jonathan, ah, oh, fuck, who's the one in Enterprise B in Generations? What's the captain's name? Uh, Jonathan, uh, oh. Uh, what have you done to me? Uh, Alan Ruck's character. Um, Christopher. It wasn't Christopher. It was, Jonathan. It was Jonathan. Harriman. Harriman. Captain Harriman. Captain yes. Harriman. You know, all of them were commanders of the flagship. Sheep. Sheep. Like flag sheep. sheep, little sheep, yes, that little sheep carrying a flag. Yeah, you know. or more efficiently, have the flag painted onto their their wool. Yeah, it makes losing the colours a lot easier in battle. Yeah, um, <laughs> you, uh, you know, in the Napoleonic Wars, if you lost a flag, you you probably should go and blow your brains out. That's you, why we took over countries with the clever use of flags. Yeah, you needed your flag. You did. It's like your front door key. It's, it was so important in battle, though. There was always one guy walking around with the flag, and yeah. all the French snipers would try to bob him off. If you've lost your front door key, there's no point in still going for your shopping. That's true. Because you can't get back in your house when you when you get back, can you? Well, you could always eat the you've food. You've got to have the front door key. That's what the flag's like. No point fighting the battle if you've got no flag. That's true. Anyway, anyway. so... Yeah, they were all captains of the flagship, so they've so they probably are heroes in their own... They've probably done shit. So, you know, Rachel Garrett certainly did, like, went off and fought to the death. Quite possibly. Quite possibly, yeah. Well, she I did. We saw that. it in yesterday's Enterprise. We did, yes. Mm. So uh, maybe there's all sorts of medals. Yeah. Anyway. I think that's spurious, what you just said. But anyway, yeah. So he was he was Pike's first officer as well, and he's loyal to a fault to Pike as well. Didn't he steal the Enterprise to get him back and... Yes, he did, which so. counts both for him and against him. Yes, because cancelling it out, making it a neutral, non-event, really. I suppose. He, he helped Pike, but betrayed uh, Kirk. Helped put together the peace treaty with the Klingons. That was pretty big. And uh, tried with the Rom- uh, Romulans. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. That's how Spock ends, doesn't it, really? With, uh, yeah. Spock's story on Romulus. He gets mentioned in... Um, in an episode in season six, but that's it. Exactly. That was it. That was the end of his mention. Do we move on? Yeah, okay, okay. Next so that's, we come. Uh, he became ambassador Spock as well. So oh, he, he did, didn't he? Several he, he titles. He progressed far. He did. He did very well indeed. Mm. Uh, the best first officer in the fleet of his time, certainly. Clearly. Maybe ever. We'll come to that at the end of the show. Indeed. That's what we're doing. 
Commander William T. Riker. William Thomas. T- yes, William Thomas Riker. Riker. Born in Alaska on Earth. Mm-hmm. Not Canada, as the uh, young ensigns would think. Yeah. That oh, was, yeah, in uh, Lower Decks. Yeah, that was cheeky as well, because the fucking barman tells him, he's like, well, he's, he's into jazz, he's Canadian. And then he goes up to him, based on what this barman has told him, and says, uh, yeah, my granddad's from Canada. And he's like, well, good for you. I'm from Alaska. I did think that was a bit mean. That was a bit mean. That was very mean, actually. There's his chances there. Damn that lower deck Guinan. Yep. Because that's what he was. Yeah, that's what he was. Commander Riker had his own stock episodes, as we discussed. There's the one where Riker shags someone he shouldn't do. Yep. He was sort of the Kirk replacement. He was the wild, mm-hmm. rebellious sort of, I wanted another word like wild and rebellious, but it didn't come, kind of guy. And got into trouble, Had uh, did a lot of good things though. Yeah, yeah. We had the Riker Maneuver. The Riker Maneuver. Now, what was that? The Riker Maneuver was... Hmm. Is that ejecting the core and detonating it in a cloud of vapour, thereby destroying two ships simultaneously? It might be that. You know, I always had a feeling it was something to do with setting off a solar flare, but it's not. That was in... Uh, God, what's the double episode with Data and Law at the end of season six? Uh, Descent. Descent. That happened in there. Yeah. And that was the weird ensign from Passenger 57. Oh, I've never seen Passenger 57. Oh, it's a good film. Oh, I'm sure it oh, is. Oh, it's a very, I'm very sure good it film. It's one of those films you just watch and you just think, this is unbelievably bad. How did this ever get commissioned? How did they ever give this any money? These things happen. Mm. He's just twiddling with the sound, everyone, so my voice might get somewhat lower. I'm sorry for all of you. Now, hopefully your voice won't get lower. Right. Because I'm going to levelate this. Levelate? There's a program called The Levelator. You Uh, drop it in and it makes all the things the same volume. Mashing. It's very good. It's Excellent. Google it. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, so Riker. Bit of a a ladies' man. Much of a ladies' man. Dumped Troy for his career. Foolish man. Later to get married to her. Uh, Clever man. Clever man. Got into lots of mischief in the meantime. Well, the thing is, you always thought with Deanna Troy, it was like, well, if you're going to end up getting married to her, it was like there was a good 15 years of of Deanna in her prime, but you just missed. You let the Klingon banger instead. (coughs) You You could have had it. If you were going to, ultimately, it was going to come down to you marrying her at the end of the day, when you've cashed in all your chips, when your moral balance sheet has been tallied up, you're going to end up with Deanna Choi. Why not just spend the other 15 years of her? Why? See, yeah, I'm having trouble thinking of someone that you would you would pick over Deanna Choi from his list of conquests. Yeah, that's, yeah. And there's not a lot because there was the hologram woman. Mm. There was the genderless species person. Yeah. And that was really a bad one. That was a low point of Will Riker's career. Yeah, that was. There was the um, uh, the Angel One girl, the, the planet ruled by women. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, there was a lot more in season one. We say Riker shags someone he shouldn't do, but there was a, you, season one, Riker was always like, you know, he's just come back from shore leave and he's just banged his way through most of Riser. 
you know, you always got that feeling. But then on the missions, he was always very serious. And then every now and then, one would trip him up. You had that weird girl who uh, tried to kill the ambassador who ends up vaporizing. He often ended up vaporizing girls he fancied as well. Um, didn't but, really want to, but he had to. No, it's unfortunate. That yeah. happened to me a couple of times. I know. Well, it's, it's one of those things you never, you, you hope isn't going to, you know, when you get into a relationship, no one expects to end up vaporizing the girl you like by the end of it. But, you know, sometimes this is just how it ends up. If only. If only. Um, it would be easier. It would be easier and less crying. Um, so Riker shags somebody he shouldn't. He also, um, uh, oh, what the fuck did he do? What the fuck? What the fuck? Are you confused now? No. Did you you drop your thread? I'm not confused. I'm just trying to remember what the hell I was talking about. I always felt very confident when Riker was in charge. Well, he was a mother hen, wasn't he? That was his job, though. That was his thing. He was supposed to be the mother hen. Unlike Spock and Kirk, who would always, both the first officer and the captain, beam down on the away mission and leave Scotty in charge. Yeah, Riker went on all the away missions. Yeah. He did a lot of adventuring. Mm. Got into a lot of tight situations. He was he was omnipotent for a while. Mm. Yep. Now I have to say, dumbass for not carrying that one on. Well, you know, I mean, why exactly? After a few millennium, you would get again? a bit bored. You wouldn't. Um, oh, uh, it's because Picard showed him the errors of his way, and he like he gave like everyone a wish, but no one really wanted the wish. They should have asked for a different wish then. Yeah, they should have. I'd have stayed with the omnipotence. Yeah. Imagine the fun you could have. You think you'd get bored? Mm. No. He was scared of promotion, though. He's always sat waiting for Picard to croak it. Well, I think he didn't want to leave the Enterprise was the yeah. issue. It wasn't so much being the captain because he was so good in charge. And he basically was the captain quite a lot of instances. Mm. Especially, you know, sort of the away missions. He's sort of a mini captain of a mini crew. Mm. A lot of time Picard's away and he's the captain. And you never start to worry about him being in charge. No, it's it's just accepted that that's Riker's in charge today. It's not like he's going to screw up where Picard would make the right choice. Although he does agonize over that a lot. Like in Best of Both Worlds, the captain's not there. And he's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? It's what would you do? Though. What would you do looking at the chair? The chair, Riker. I'd sit in the chair. You'd sit in the chair, wouldn't you? You'd swivel around and uh, order some tea. That's what you do. That's what you do. I um, so have a replicator in the arm of that chair. But yes, again, he spends 15 years waiting for the com- uh, commander of the Enterprise. He even says it at the end of Generations. He's, One day I was hoping I'd get a shot at this chair. You know, and then he's on E. He's on the Enterprise E and he's thinking again, maybe one day I'll get a shot at this chair. And then he realizes that Picard is never going to die. He's never going to die. He's never going to retire. He's now 175,000 years old. So he's going to now take a command of the uh, USS Titan with his wife, Deanna Troy, as his ship's counsellor, and Wesley Crusher, the boy wonder, back from being a ball of light as his security officer or engineer. Mm. I can't remember which one they said he was going to be. I think it was security. Yeah, I think because it was. Because it was weird enough to make you think, why, why is why? he suddenly security now? Yeah, why is he suddenly, when he was always an engineer or a helmsman? Don't get it. The security lead to command. Well, it does because of war. Yeah. I didn't realize command was like a separate sort of thing. Yeah. I sort of thought you, you, you ended up in it. You were either security or engineering or you, science. You see, the engineering division, they should have had more. They should have had different colors. Yeah, I think you're right. Because the engineering is the same as security. 
security, engineering, and and science. Science is blue, but then everyone else, you know, security. Why is science security and should have had more colours because you have your sort of scientists, and then you've got your doctors who are medical doctors, and they're all lumped in together. Mm. You'd think, you know, Beverly Crusher should wear a different colour uniform to to Dax. I think as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Your medical doctors and your scientists all uh, lumped together. Because it's a different job. You know, the people who are in stellar cartography aren't necessarily any good at medicine. No. You've also got the, um, I think in the original series, not in the original series, but in the the films, sorry, they have a different colour scheme, don't they? Command is white, medical's green. Oh, this is like the first... Film. No, 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 no. The second, all the other films, they're colours around the top. The colours and around the uh, the um, oh yeah, and the cuffs are different colours. It's so colors. subtle though. Yeah, McCoy's got a green one. The medical's green. Um, someone had red. Savick had red. Um, Sulu had a yellow one. I think Chekhov had a had a white one because he was the first officer of the Reliant. I think Command always had white. Yeah. And then, they, yeah, they had different levels of colour. I think they had a few more than than the later series. Do you know what we need is some sort of catch-all Star Trek encyclopedia thing. Yeah, I used to have the Omnipedia on, on CD-ROM. Really? Yeah, don't have it anymore. But I used to have it. I wonder if there's still something out there we could get our hands on. Probably. Just something, I don't know. We don't necessarily need episode summaries. No. Or anything like that, but we need... Technical stuff. I've got the technical manual downstairs. It's only the next gen one, though, yeah. isn't it? We need one with everything. Yeah. I imagine such a book would be bigger than the Bible. It's pretty big. Um, there's, yeah, the Omnipedia, uh, which got kept getting updated. So it was pointless buying it because, like, the next year would be out of date. But now that they've sort of half stopped making Star Trek, it probably it could be a good time to buy that. Omnipedia. Hmm. Mm. I don't know what the difference between Encyclopedia and Omnipedia is, um, but that's... I'd be interested to find that's, out. That's another one for Wikipedia, really. I'll be looking it? up on Amazon. Uh, yes, indeed. You know what? I wonder if we could set... Because you can get the the software that works, Wikipedia. Yeah. It's free and open source. You can download it and put your own wiki on your own website. Yes. We could put up a Star Trek wiki mm. and build up our own definitive... Star Trek Encyclopedia of Information, because we have legions of fans out there. Legions who who are all in so much more knowledgeable about these little things than us. And in some respects, yes. that might be an interesting idea. Let yeah. us know what you think. We have a forum. Excellent. Go on it. Okay, so let's move on from Riker. Yeah, we, we all know with, Will Riker. We're done with Billy. He's my favourite. Really? Mm. Right. Okay. So now we got nine Kira, Major slash Colonel Kira Norris. Oh, yes, Colonel Kira. Yes. That doesn't quite work as a name, Colonel Kira. Colonel Kira. Major Kira. It's always Major Kira, really, isn't it? Doesn't Colonel, yeah, doesn't quite stand up. Exactly. General Kira Norris wouldn't work either. I'm surprised how much I've adapted to Captain Sisko hmm. because you sort of just get caught up in whichever one it is. The same with his hair. Yeah. It's weird at first and then it's the norm. Yeah. And um, then you watch the older episodes and then it's weird seeing Sisko with hair. Yeah. Yeah. So Kira, who who had the most varying hairstyle of any character in Star Trek, I'm pretty sure. At least a different one every season. At least. Uh, sometimes two or three different every season. Yeah, different, different one in the colors and different lengths. Yeah. 
It got pretty long in season seven, I'm right, again. I it's remember. very long at the moment, actually. Yeah. And brown, brown, isn't it? I think so. In season six, it's red. Like, Women do that sort of thing, yeah. though. Slight variation. Not in Star Trek, though. Dax's hair pretty much stayed the same for six well, seasons. Not all women do. No, that, no, you know, most of them didn't in Star Trek. I suppose Crush's length changed quite a bit, which uh, lended a lot of credence to your whole uh, "they're all wearing wigs" thing. Well, um, they are. It's not yeah. my thing. They are. I know. I, I, I just watched it the other day. I uh, watched uh, two season three episodes, and Beverly's hair triples in length in the space of four episodes. How I never noticed that before, I don't know. It's because you're not watching them one after the other like you are on DVD. No, I suppose. You know, when you think that yesterday we watched disc two of season seven, that would normally have taken a month. Yes. God. Can you imagine you've watched all of Deep Space Nine in less than six months, less than three months? When did I start getting next gen as well? Because that's really when this started. Yeah. There's not been any let up. <laughs> it's just day after day. All Star Trek. Continual Star Trek all day, every day. Brilliant. I so, don't know what it'd be like if I didn't work from home. This would this would be a job that would take years. I'm, never thought of this. I'm actually re-watching all Star Trek. Mm. Soon we'll need original series and yeah. Voyager. Yes. I'll put the wish list and address uh, up on the forum because we're going to run out of Deep Space Nine soon. You're on the last one. That's it. Right. So, Kira, um, well, got the nice background of being a terrorist and uh, interesting backstory. Of all the first officers, she's probably got she the has. most interesting backstory. Definitely. Um, and is interesting as she's the only first officer, apart from Jakote, who's not a commissioned officer, but Jakote was. Uh, Paul wasn't in Starfleet to begin with. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. I'm talking out of my ass. Although I always had trouble accepting her as the first officer, but we'll get to that. Mm. Kira in the first two seasons was a little small yapper type doggish. Yes. Um, bark, 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 bark. She becomes increasingly more sensitive as the seasons go on. That on. needed to happen though. Mm. And I think it happened in a nice gradual way. Uh, it didn't just happen so that once suddenly she was all emotional and soft. The thing with Deep Space Nine... Post season four, as well, becomes increasingly problematic because you have the wharf element. Now, wharf encroaches on two elements in in this uh, in this show. He encroaches on Odo a little bit because he's security again and he's yeah. you know federational tactical officer or whatever that meant. That was just a new made up title they came up with. Um, and he some somehow gets a bit of. Kira's action as well, because he's like the next highest ranking Federation officer on, on Deep Space Nine. Yes, he is. Yeah. So he's, you know, he was a little bit of a, he kind of divided that, that role up. And Kira is, is the second in command of Deep Space Nine, but she's not the second in command of the Defiant. And Yeah, that's weird. Mm, and... She always had that thing where there was only a few episodes when, I mean, when Cisco fucked off and went on a little spasticals every now and then, then, uh, then she would be in charge and then you'd get a sense of Kira being in charge. But there wasn't very, not like Riker, there wasn't a lot of her being completely in charge, like with Picard going off on missions and things like that and Riker commanding away teams and everything. That's it, it was yeah. a very different relationship and Kira's story more, more revolved around a, her relationship with Odo, B, her relationship with the Kai and the Prophets and Golda Cat and her own stories and going off her on her own missions. 
and helping occasionally helping running of the station with Cisco and everything else, but really not so much. So the second in command thing is more of a formality in her title. It's not like her title was really much to do with what she actually did on the show. She did an awful lot of other stuff. That, a lot of strings to a bow. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, she's uh, kicks ass. Lots of battles. The uh, you know very determined. Very yeah. sort of like the little appetite dog that once it bites down, it won't let's go. Yeah, and you have to swing it around on the bottom of your jeans. Yep, and then stand on it a bit. Also, a very active love life. Went after a lot of powerful men. Yes, yeah, she did actually. Yeah, could have uh, shagged away to the top of Bajor, really. Pretty much. Surprised she wasn't Kai. Yeah, um, and then Odo as well, and obviously has that long, that lovely relationship with him. That's true. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting. Next, we move on to Voyager Chicote. Right now, tell me again what this was that that guy left the audio comment about. We had someone. Was it an audio comment or? Anyway, someone. It must have been an audio because I didn't read that, so it might have been on MySpace though. Right, might have been MySpace to me. We had a someone sent us a message saying that uh, they went to a Star Trek convention where what's his name again? Robert Beltram. Robert Beltram, the guy who played Chakotay, was speaking at, and apparently he just spent ages going on about how he hated Star Trek, how he never wanted to be on it, how he kept wanting to quit every year. Uh, and he's subsequently never been invited to speak out anything ever again. Was it he begged the writers to kill off Chicote every year? Yeah, that's what and he they said. never did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we don't like him. No. Th- this uh, incidentally, the guy who added us, he had uh, lots of people uh, from Star Trek on pictures on his MySpace. It must have been on MySpace that it happened. Ah, right. I'm rubbish with things like this. No. Anyway, let's carry on. So Chakotay was never in Star... Well, he was. He was a Starfleet renegade Mackie. Yeah, he was one of those. Now, you see, like, they all sort of... All the renegade Marquis who were in Starfleet always had this sort of self-righteousness about them. Eddington, uh, the the first guy, the command... The captain that Cisco once knew who, in the first instance of the Marquis in Season 2 of Deep Space Nine... Um, and then Chakotay and like all of them, they've all got this kind of like, I've denounced the Federation. I'm going my own way with the Marquis. And there was an awful lot of them doing it, really. You know, I always just thought of the Marquis really just move. Yeah. Well, you really, just, when there's, you're having to do these things, just move. There's, there's plenty of space out there. It's it, infinite. Yeah. It's infinite. Just go up. Yeah. Or, or down. Yeah. Doesn't just, matter. Or left or right. Or, there's, you there's know. all sorts of places you yeah. Plenty of places. Um, but I didn't like him. I didn't like Chicote. No. He's wet. I didn't like him. He never seemed that happy in the role, actually. Now that you mentioned everything, like with the conventions and everything, it actually does make an awful lot of sense. Because, it does, doesn't it? Because uh, he does just look like he's coasting through most of them. Uh, but at least we didn't get him and the old Janeway. Oh, God. Oh, God, that was awful. I'm actually starting to appreciate Kate Mulgrew a great deal more. I am, from those two video clips I showed you on YouTube the other day. Yeah. Um, first one, right. Now, I can't remember we'll what the actress's the name. Sorry. They'll be in the forum, but if you go to YouTube and like look up first the first Captain Janeway on YouTube, you'll, uh, you'll come up with the initial Janeway that they chose. I can't remember the actress's name. 
um, who has the deepest, weirdest voice. She's a crazy little woman. Looks crazy. like she could have been on Willow. Looks like she could have been in Don't Look Now. Really scary yeah. little woman. And, yeah, awful. So awful. we appreciate Janeway a lot. We appreciate Janeway for. for that one. And then for secondly, there was this uh, brilliant clip, must be from the Paramount Comedy Awards or something like that, where on the uh, Ted Danson gets up on stage and says, um, okay, uh, a few years ago, Paramount started Star Trek Voyager. And of course, a lot of actors wanted to get a role on Star Trek Voyager. And some of them, some of them were uh, not quite good enough to get the part, and, uh, but some of them were, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so, but we managed to find an old audition tape from uh, from uh, back in the day, and only one of these actors actually managed to get a part in Voyager. And then you cut to the Voyager bridge, and uh, it's Kate Mulgrew surrounded by the cast of Frasier. That was fucking hilarious. Playing the characters in Frasier, um, all in their Starfleet uniforms and everything, and Niles as a very camp first officer, which quite. I will put that one in the forum too. That was very entertaining as well. And again, more respect for Kate Mulgrew for doing that. Brilliant. Um, well, she's got to do something to get paid, Mike. She does. She What's does she done since? Well, nothing. Nothing. There you go. Yeah. She she didn't get a movie. No. Well, she did. She got Nemesis for two seconds. Oh, t- yeah. Two seconds. <laughs> That's fuck all. She got 250 quid for that day. I don't know. She, it was a morning. Yeah. Really? Equity minimum. Yeah. Equity minimum. Yeah. Um, but... You know, that's interesting. When we got to uh, what was going to be the new movie, no one said, let's make a DS9 movie. No. Let's make a, a Voyager movie. The thing is, DS9 <clears throat> finishes. Voyager finishes. Yeah, that's the problem. You know, they finished, the big stories are finished. The thing which I would love to see, but wouldn't be very accessible to all Star Trek fans or to the general audience population in fact, they, the only way they could do it would be a TV movie. They couldn't put too much money into it. But I would love to see a movie that combined like some of the best characters from all of those three series, Next Gen, and uh, Deep Space Nine, and, and Voyager in one massive big adventure. Oh, Just, now that's, that's an episode topic on its own. Yeah. What would you do for that? But well, that's what I'd like to see. I mean, you wouldn't be able to get Patrick Stewart back for it because he got, he got paid more for Nemesis than he did for the entire run of Star Trek The Next Generation. Really? He got paid more for one film than he did for the entire seven seasons. He's got a good agent. Yeah. We should get agents, That's a you good know. deal. I was thinking that. <laughs> we should. Then um, we could go on chat shows and stuff. So what did Chakotay do? He, he meditated a lot. and, and he, he helped he, a lot of people find their spirit he, guide. Yeah, he had a lot of visions. With his little box. things, And he had a little bit of chemistry with the captain, which was a bit annoying. He did seven of nine. He did do seven of nine. Um, Hat off there, sunshine. Yeah. But with, really... Oh, and uh, Seska. The man had no charisma, did he? No. There was nothing to him. Nothing I mean, whatsoever. I mean, maybe, maybe it's another case of like later seasons something more interesting happening with his character. But I, I really can't remember. I can just remember him being the most boring, him and Harry Kim just being so boring. We're going to have to watch it. We are. I mean, you're going to have to do, yeah. It goes back to what we said before, but like Tuvok and the Doctor are great. Um, well, not great. The Doctor's great. Tuvok's not that great, but he's all right. Paris is all right. Mm. Janeway's. Paris was wet. They were all wet. They were all a bit wet, weren't they? Bad crew, bad yeah. cast, bad writing, yeah. bad idea. <laughs> Why did you do it? You should have made another seven seasons of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. 
really. <laughs> I'd have been happy with that. I wish we were, we were watching 14. I wish I was only halfway through instead of at the end. Yeah. Because now I'm at the end, I'm sad. Aww. There's no more new ones. It's like I've actually been watching new Star Trek. Yeah. Because there's been ones I haven't seen. Yeah. And that's such a rare thing these days. You haven't like, seen most of them, did you? Not not in season seven, no. No. Uh, okay, let's leave Chicote. Chicote is wet. Really, really wet. He's um, going to win. Yeah. Um, so, uh, see, the interesting one is really when we get to do the Doctor version of the show. Oh, now the Doctor version. The Doctor version of the show. That'll be a real fight because Voyager can actually put some fight in. Um, so now we have to pull the Vulcan, the very serious Vulcan, in the very, 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 very tight outfit. Mm-hmm. The very, very, very sexy. Um, right. She went down well, didn't she? she? She was the eye candy of the series. She was smashing. As a, as a main character, she was incredibly uh, attractive main character. And she got naked on more than one occasion, which was always a delight to watch. And you saw a little bit of a bum. I'm going to... Um, I don't know. I have a problem there. Right. I have a problem there. What was While that? I appreciate seeing her bottom. Yes. I don't think Star Trek is the place I want to see it. I don't mind seeing on Star Trek. Some Let of, her make films and show her bottom. Some Let of my being FHM or other television some shows. Some of my uh, very early sexual fantasies were around Star Trek characters. That's very true. And in fact, actually, while like the what was it last night, I did a Google search for uh, Star Trek merchandise, mm. and the first thing that on the top of the list was an Anne Summers webpage where they were selling a Star Trek style type life address. See, I did. I did used to like a bit of the older uniforms when they were tight. And you sort of look at the picture and you think, no one who likes Star Trek enough to have to get their girlfriend to dress up like they're in it has a, has girlfriend, a girlfriend like to get that them. one on that page yeah. that I'm looking at right now. Mm. It's not, I have to say, that's not something I've ever even contemplated. No, as a, it's as not. anything I would like. Not something you'd invest money in. I'd have um, to kill myself if I thought I was going to get some sort of sexual thrill out of seeing Alison dressed in a Starfleet uniform. Maybe. that That's just weird to me. I don't know why, but it's weird. But you say that's out of place, but then we had Deanna Troy get pure nip on in season six when she goes when she gets a raging libido and sleeps with half the shit. No, that's a different thing. There's a difference between nip on and here's my bottom. I did See, not mind that was, one bit. Was, I thought that was that, that was, was good. Crowbarred in just to make Enterprise a bit sexy. Yeah, and. Star Trek's not about being a bit sexy. It I didn't is mind. a bit sexy. It was one of the things but only I'd, by accident. It's, it's one of the things I'd rather they did. I'd rather they did more really? of that sort of stuff. Yeah. You, well, you like when Data said shit in Generations? That was brilliant. Oh, that was brilliant because it was a one-off. Yeah, but you know, I just I we don't I'd, need bottom. Always Star had Trek. always had fantasies about stuff like that. And, yeah, and keep it there or make Star Trek porn. Don't make don't Star make Trek two. porn. If you want to see filth, you can see more filth without ruining Star Trek. I didn't ruin Star Trek. Stop exaggerating. No, I, I know you didn't. I, I don't wish to make it sound like <laughs> I'm individually blaming you. No, but I mean, just generally, that scene did not ruin Star Trek. The theme tune that preceded it may well have done, but that scene was not exactly... It was DOA Enterprise, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. As soon as we heard that theme tune, we knew the next four years were going to suck. Yeah. 
Well, we thought it was seven years. Yeah, um, well, I was scared. For I them. didn't have. I, you know what? I was really surprised it got cancelled after four years. I just felt bad for Star Trek. I really was surprised that it ended like that. I mean, I remember hearing rumours at the end of season three that it was going to get cancelled, and then they like, oh, do yeah, but but next gen DS Nine Voyager. There was never any rumours. Well, at least I mean, it was all good though. Yeah, but there was never any kind of like question of it being cancelled. It was just going to go and do the seven season run. Even Voyager was just going to go through the seven seasons. That was just a given. It's really bizarre. <laughs> it didn't deserve to run for seven seasons. No. Paul never really did anything of note. She was just very serious all over the place. Serious and a bit sexy. Yeah. The, um, Not a good combination. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I like a bit of serious and sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I think the two go quite hand in hand, to be honest. I don't believe they're mutually exclusive. Okay, fair enough. Um, fair enough. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Well, that's just that, me. That's a deep insight into your psyche. Yeah. <laughs> One of many levels. As I've said before, I don't have a type. Um, any type will do. Any type will do. Pulse, something, I don't know. Um so yeah, but what did she do? Nothing. She I do? can't think of anything that she did. She gave us the uh, the sort of AIDS metaphor storyline. Oh yeah, twenty years too late. But you know, yeah, twenty um, years too late and cured. Yeah, which was I, I did feel was a bit of a I don't know. Was it a cop out? Mind you, you never have. What was it? Tuvok had the the long term wasting disease that he never died of. Yeah. Well, they did at the end in Endgame. They had like... Oh, an old Tuvok mad in a room. Yeah. But that was because... Oh, I don't remember it enough. I don't remember that enough. I either. don't think it was that one. Someone slated us again on an email saying that, like, you didn't mention the last episode of Voyager, which was really good. And to be fair, it was. It was really it good. It was actually. really good. And uh, the person who emailed in did quite rightly point out that Janeway died in the episode, which was fantastic. Didn't really die, but it was nice to see her die anyway. Um, I'd like to see him again. I'm getting a bit uppity. Yeah, I would some, like to see so, him again. Something you assimilated. That was a great line. Do you know what? If we, if you had the choice, if, if because we've sort of done this in fits and starts, this whole podcast thing, we, we were talking mainly about next gen mm. because that was that's what we'd both seen. Yeah, and then we've moved on, and we're now mainly talking about Deep Space Nine. Still next gen and Deep Space Nine. I think we're moving between the two. Yeah, we've, well. we've sort of added Deep Space Nine to our repertoire. Yes. So, given the choice of next, we get into. Voyager I'd like to go to the original, original series because I would like. I would rather go to original series. I'd rather as go well. to the original series. I've had a craving to watch the original series. I, I've been watching a few. Yeah. Of the uh, remastered ones, and they're good. They're really not bad. Mm. They, they're quite simple and straightforward. Yeah, but they're they're in no way really bad. You can get over the the sixtiesness of it, really. Mm. You just forgive it and try and take the storyline seriously. Yeah. And get over the fact that they're pushing clicky buttons. And it's a bit kitsch. Yeah, it's mm. very kitsch. Don't know what kitsch is, but it's very... Yeah, I just picked that up from Funny Mike last week. So I think Paul sucked. She didn't suck. She was that, just... Yeah. Yeah. She just... We got nothing good to say. No, I don't have anything good to say, really, apart from the fact that she had a body, which really isn't much it's, good to say. Yeah, Kira had a body as well. Yeah, so. That's not the writing. That's just the actress they happen yeah. to have playing the character. So, right, in our final analysis, really it's coming down to Spock, Riker, or Kira. 
And yeah, really, we're rid of of uh, We're really rid, rid of Chikori and Duwop, to Paul. Um, and really, I think we could probably get rid of Kira. She'd die first in a death match between yeah. Riker, Spock, and Kira. She'd go first. Yeah. Well, she'd fall in love with Riker again, and then she I could just snap her neck. Yeah, so, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. So that wouldn't be very good. Um, and then uh, Spock versus Riker. Spock, well, now did Spock inherit the whole right? Well, there's no continuity on this matter whatsoever, especially not in Enterprise. But there is mentioned in a Deep Space Nine episode that Vulcans are five times stronger than humans. Oh, it's mentioned. It's mentioned that they are stronger than humans. It's just it doesn't seem to apply to to Paul in any episode of Enterprise. No. Um, or any other Vulcan that we seem to encounter. Oh, she had the massive drug addiction as well. I've just remembered that. You remember the stuff? Oh, what was it? As they were looking for the Zindi, they had the spatial anomalies that kept fucking things up. And they found oh, yeah. that if they uh, shielded the ship with this particular mineral or, or metal or something, then they'd be protected from them. However, it sends Vulcans a bit wappy. And they found that ship with all the mental Vulcans on that was a bit like the Event Horizon. That was one of the best episodes. It was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then they got a load of that stuff back on the ship and Paul started injecting it into herself, mm. <clears throat> which was the most random thing ever. Yeah. Is that remember, the I think sent I still all my missed... guys mental? Oh, I'll have a bit of that, yeah. I think I missed bits of season four, you know. Um, you will have swear. I, I saw the last two and boy, did they have their thunderstorm. I, th- I think you still have... Uh, my illicit copy of it somewhere, season mm. four. There's loads of it. There's the uh, the last episodes with fucking Riker and Troy. What oh, the yeah. hell was that about? Talk about stealing your thunder. Imagine, like, the last two episodes of Deep Space Nine was just a next-gen crew on a holodeck. Yeah. Lame. Really lame. Well, it was just about getting them two on it. Yeah. On the, the fucking Brent Spinner episodes. Yeah, but they were brilliant. They were like the best episode in season four. Yeah, I might look for those. But see, that's the thing Enterprise did have its good episodes every now and then. They had the Borg episode in season two was really good. Mm. The first episode, the pilot episode of Enterprise, I thought was really good. It gave a lot of sort of, apart from the dodgy theme tune, gave a lot of hope for the series. Yeah, the the Borg episode in season two, the whole, the last couple of episodes of the Zindi plotline were pretty good. Um, and then, yeah, the Brent Spinner episodes in season four were really good. There was just an awful lot of crap in there as well. That's it. Um, right. I so, want Riker to win. I'm I'm with you on this one. And he'd win with the power of his beard. Yeah. Like Chuck Norris. Like Chuck Norris. Yeah. He has another fist behind his beard, mm. and he'd use his special secret beard fist. What would happen in season one slash insurrection Riker then? Would he just not win? Lost me now. Beardless. Oh no, he, he didn't have the power without his beard. Oh, he had see. some power. The beard was w- within him, right, and had yet to emerge. But it, yeah. well, it wasn't not there. It was just not visible. You see, when he shaves an insurrection, and how much younger he looks without the beard, you'd have thought Jonathan Frakes would just walk around without a beard. Depends. Mm. He is quite baby faced. He is quite baby faced. So uh, maybe you like it. He doesn't look bad with the beard at all. No, 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 not at all. Although but it does look a lot older. Not in uh, Yeah, it's a lot bigger as well. It's a beard wig in uh, films. <laughs> they glue it on every morning Aww. with his hair. Everyone is completely hairless. Yeah. And all hair is pasted on. I like Geordie with a beard. 
That gave him a bit of character. It did, didn't it? Made yeah. him look a bit edgy. Yeah. yeah. Every now and then he'd have a beard and then they'd, get, they'd shave it off. Yeah. He must have itched. So I think Riker's the best first officer ever. How did we come to that conclusion against Spock that he had a fist behind his beard? Yeah, it was a really big cop-out reason. That was a really big cop-out Riker reason. to win. Yeah. Um, well, Cisco won the best captain, so we're going to have to go with someone from another. Well, it's not Kira. No, it's not Kira. This is not going to be an exclusive next-gen best crew, uh, DS9 next crew. No, thing. absolutely not. No, it's it's Riker. Mm-hmm. Definitely Riker. Spock had his plus point. The Vulcan neck pinch. Yeah. The faked Vulcan death grip. Yeah. You, for death, more than a pinch, you need a grip. Yeah. Uh, didn't use that very often, did he? Well, it didn't really exist. It was a trick they did once. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, right. See, we need original series. Yeah. So let's wrap up the show then. That's it. Right. Mike is the best first officer. Excellent. Uh, Disagree we, with us, then get on the forums. Tell us. Simply syndicated.com slash make it so. Yes. Uh, slash forums. Ah. Slash. You actually need to put a little slash. I don't know. It doesn't work. I don't Sometimes. know. I don't know why. Couldn't tell you. Weird. I wish I could make it work every time without, but there you go. Hey. Uh, we, I don't know if we're going to put a chat room in. I don't think so. Nah. Uh, yeah, there's one of the movies you can see for him. Uh, what else? Go and dig us on dig, please, if you like, or write a review on iTunes. There'd be two things you could do to help us out. Other things you could do would be to visit the store. Yeah. We've got DVD commentary episodes up in there now. Yep. Uh, so go and check those out. If you don't like Orlando Bloom and you want to hear me slagging him off over the course of most of the Pirates of the Caribbean, um, that's a good one. We should um, always sell those on that ground. Yeah, we should. Uh, we've never done that before. That's pretty much all that there is to the Pirates of the Caribbean commentary. Yeah. yeah. This week's Movies You Should See is Lucky Number 7. Yes, indeed. I put it out yesterday. Indeed. Uh, we came up with the idea of sh- of releasing them on the f- chat room a couple of hours ahead, ah. and then everyone could listen at the same time. Because you know when you play the video, it plays the video. Yeah. When you put up the URL of an MP3, it plays the MP3 to everybody. Oh, right. So you could put up the episode and we could all listen along together and talk as it plays. There's also the definitive word in this week. Myself and Will Tristram are talking about ID cards and uh, how they're the bane of modern existence in England. Um, Weekend Watches. Yeah. It's a good one. I love that show. It's about nothing much. Yeah. Uh, about it's just about you and Alison shouting about crap for and an DVDs. hour and a half stuff like that yeah uh it's very intelligent actually that show yeah uh, and or do you think that's just bollocks excellent all the stuff we've got that was a bit self-indulgent but there you go well go and listen to those if you want to um and uh we'll hope to see you next week this has been make it so <laughs> we should end every show like that <laughs> New from Simply Syndicated, the definitive word, with me, Will Tristram. Join me and my various guests as we wax lyrical and attempt to broaden your minds as we stumble through our journey through the 21st century society and culture. Find us at simplysyndicated.com slash the definitive word or on our audio channel, Simply Here, at simplysyndicated.com slash simplyhere. <laughs>